Thank you for choosing the podcast of East Haven Baptist Church in Brookhaven, Mississippi. For more information on the ministries of East Haven and to access videos and sermon notes from our services, visit www.easthaven.net. Most of us have heard of the Lord's Prayer, perhaps the Serenity Prayer. And if you've been with us during our study of Ephesians, we know that we've studied one prayer and we applied it specifically to East Haven, how to pray for East Haven. And today we are coming to the second prayer of our study in Ephesians. And I would describe it as the Ephesians prayer. If you've looked at your listening sheet, then you see the title is already there. There are several verses there. And it just seemed to fit. It's the Ephesians prayer. At least that's the way I like to describe it. If you were here last week, we, we studied how the Apostle Paul was writing the church at Ephesus and he was getting ready to pray. And he talked specifically about two things. He talked about the mystery of Christ, the mystery of the gospel and how the ground is level at the foot of the cross and the gospel is for Jew and Gentile and black and white and they are precious in his sight. And that's the mystery of the gospel. We put it in context. And then the second thing we were reminded of is the apostle Paul said he was the least of these. I mean, who would have thought in the providence of God, that he would be the one to primarily deliver what Jesus has done for the Gentiles when you considered his pharisaical background. He was raised and trained by Gamaliel, which was an astute student and teacher of the law. And so it was a reminder that God, by his grace, can use any of us regardless of our background and sometimes we may think we're going in certain direction he may say "Uh, no I want you to do this or you didn't know you were preparing for this but because of this in your life or this in somebody else part of your life I want you to do this and it may be for a season it may be a lifetime calling and so today when we come to this reading, I want us to just really think of how it applies to our life and try to understand in these two or three points what exactly this means for us as individual Christians, as guests by radio, and then personally as the body of Christ as a whole. So here we find In Ephesians chapter 3, beginning with verse 14 in the NIV, it says, For this reason, reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit, your inner being. Verse 17, so that... Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Now, I just want to read that again. That may be something we need to be reminded of today. Thinking about God's love, verse 18, may have power together. 
all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. The last verse of our text this morning, verse 19, chapter 3 of Ephesians, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Unlike in our day when kneeling in prayer can be normal for many churches, but not all churches, people in Paul's day usually stood when they prayed. When they knelt, they did so to show deep adoration, submissiveness, humility, and a sense of urgency. Such was the case when Paul, in our text, who recognized that his father ruled the world, which owed him its obedience. And so that's a reminder of why he says what he did about the urgency of kneeling in prayer. That does not make someone more spiritual. We need to be reminded of that. But we also need to be reminded today that there is nothing wrong with kneeling in prayer. What a beautiful sight. There's nothing wrong during those prayer times to pray silently, and there's nothing wrong with praying out loud. It can be a beautiful sound. And so I want us to know that there's a time and place for all different types of postures of prayer. But when we come to an urgent time of prayer, certainly in our prayer closet as well as corporally from time to time, we should not hesitate. Though it might be difficult for us as we get older to kneel, to lie down and pray and seek the Father and cry out to Him because we're to come to Him with humility, with urgency, and with reverence for believing that God hears and answers our prayer. Now, let's look at this description of the Ephesians prayer. If you have your outline, the first thing we see, it is a prayer for strength. Instead of giving in and giving up during times are tough, which the Ephesian people were just like us as people. They had difficulty just like we do. Their trials and tribulations might have looked a little different in that day than it does today. But Paul was addressing them saying, look, you're going to have as a Christian, as a church, tough times. It's going to be difficult circumstances from time to time. You might be surprised at what's going on in your life. And he wanted them to know, don't give up. Be strong. Grow in the Spirit's power. Turn more and more to God and have hope in Him. What he meant by dwell was that through our ever-maturing faith, we would let Christ be more at home, more about that in a minute, in us and consistently put him at the center of our lives, letting him shape our attitudes and choices to make us into his likeness. And we will not understand that type of strength by occasionally reading a verse here and there. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, again, 
Point number one, pulling from the text. We will not know that strength or be at home with his dwelling. We'll move on to that in just a minute. Without knowing where our power and strength comes from. As a Christian, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, as well as the Romans passage, reminds us of how important it is for us to spend time alone with God in his word. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished under all good works. How in the world are we going to know his strength in our lives when those trials come? Because they're coming. Coming out, going in, going in the middle of them. They're always coming on this side of heaven. So you don't wait till then to get ready. If someone said, Landon wants to race you in the 50-yard dash today, I would be in trouble. If Landon said, in a month, I want to, I want to race you in a 50-yard dash, I would still be in trouble. But I would be better prepared because I know what's coming. It's going to be tough. But I'm going to try to get these legs in shape and see what I can do to big Landon in this race. Because he's been injured recently, so I'm going to take advantage of that. If we want to be strong in this life, we've got to spend time in God's Word. Not just opening it up on Sunday or in Sunday school, but during the week. I want to tell you what I'm amazed at. Sometimes, and I'm I'm just talking about through the years. As a minister, someone, Christian, claims to be a Christian, goes to the church. Maybe they go to another church. They want to come in and and just talk a minute. And we all have times we need to talk, whether that's with a counselor or a close friend or your pastor. And sometimes I'll hear them talk about the things they're dealing with, and and it hurts to hear it. If you have a pastor's heart, you don't want to hear Anybody go through a difficult time. But sometimes invariably, and this isn't all the time, we'll get toward the end. And one of the things that I might naturally say as a pastor is, what has God been telling you through this? And I don't mean just on Sunday morning or during the week. What I mean is, is in in your daily reading, in your devotional whether that's a verse, several verses, or some. So often I'll hear, I I know I need to be doing it, but I haven't because of mm -mm mm-mm-mm. Now, y'all, I want to say, wait a minute. So I'm sorry you're going through all this, and I am not perfect. But you also know that as a Christian, where your strength comes from. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And you're telling me you hadn't been spending any time on a regular daily basis reading a devotional book or reading a a verse a day or Proverbs or whatever. And it really is difficult to hear because 
we're going to have challenges. But guys, we know as a Christian how important it is to find a version of the Bible that we understand and somehow, some way, get into it. I can't imagine living the Christian life, certainly being a minister, without time alone with God. Now, we're not talking about legalism here. You miss a day. We're not talking about God up there. I'm going to knock you on the head how you missed a day. But what I'm saying is, y'all, we need to seek the face of God and read the Bible and say, God, help me. I cannot wait to get along with God in the mornings because sometimes I want to get in there and say, oh, God, I thank you for answering the prayer and thank you for teaching me or because I know he's going to speak to me in some way through his word and help me know how to deal what with what I have going on. So instead of being like this for all of us, we can be more apt to be a little bit more level when we go through trials because we're spending time in God's word. So let's just be reminded today. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's the strength that Paul's talking about in the text, our passage for today. It's this dwelling. So if he's dwelling in us, then we're more comfortable in knowing what to do by faith. Dwell. It means at home. Jesus wants to dwell so he's at home in our daily life. I have had an opportunity to visit in some of your homes since being here and a number of times, especially on Monday afternoons, Brother Phil and I, he's graciously helped me get to know some different people, uh, some that may not be able to come very often. And one of those homes was Kathy Hayes, who passed away suddenly this past week, and she's at home with the Lord, and she's been through all kinds of trials and tribulations and was not able to attend, I think, in recent years, but I understand that when she could, she worked with the, in the nursery and the kitchen on Wednesdays, and she was in that home. She was, she was very kind. She was encouraging. She was hospitable, and I felt at home. Uh, let me tell you this, she liked cats, and uh, she, had, she had some cats. And Brother Phil, if you know him, he's not necessarily a pet person. I don't know what's wrong with him, but I gave him a turtle once, and the tur- turtle disappeared. I don't Again, we're working on him, but one of the things that, was, that made me very comfortable was the fact that these pet cats, one particular, was eyeballing Brother Phil. And <laughs> crawling on here. I have a picture of it if you ever want to see it. It was a very enjoyable experience for me. And so I I felt because of her hospitality and all that was going on, I felt at home. I felt comfortable in my environment. Now, Kelly sometimes gets a little nervous because she knows the more comfortable I am around certain people or you as a church, the crazier it may get. But that just means I'm 
comfortable. And what Paul is telling the church, he's saying, be strong, dwell, be comfortable, though God gets us out of our comfort zone from time to time. Be comfortable in being uncomfortable because you're comfortable because you've been dwelling with the Lord and he gives you strength for everything you go through from day to day. What's the second thing do we see in our text? Well, it's a prayer for strength. We see that again from verse 17, comfortable in our relationship as Jesus dwells in us. Number two, a prayer for grounding, rooted suggest in the text the plants with their roots shooting deep into rich earth to be nourished and grow tall and strong. We can visualize that. Maybe you can imagine the tree of Psalm 1, which is being firmly planted by streams of water. We sing about that from time to time. Like a tree, a life rooted in Christ's love, love, love. God is love. God's love also feeds and shelters others. And it is nourished by God's love. Grounded conveys the same idea. If we are grounded in Christ, then naturally love will flow. What did Jesus say? Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love others as yourself. They go hand in hand. It's the only thing that can hold us together and see us through difficult times, this type of love. I like the way one scholar described this love. He did it like this. Christ's love is total, complete, eternal, and all-encompassing. It reaches every corner of our experience. It is wide, covering the breadth of our experience and reaching out to the whole world. It is long, continuing the length of our lives and on into eternity. It is high rising to the heights of our celebration and elation. His love is deep reaching to the depths of discouragement, despair, and even death. And I love what Romans 8 says, beginning with verse 37. Listen to this. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else and all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That is a powerful verse for you if you're going through a difficult time. Because it might be in the mornings, those fiery darts start coming. And you start getting worried. And you're anxious. It might be you put that verse beside your bed or on a card or in your in your, in your phone, somewhere where you're able to read it immediately to be reminded of God's love, that it never ends, ever, on this side of earth and certainly in eternity. The third thing we see in our text about the prayer is a prayer for fullness. Fullness because we have a relationship with Christ. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 puts it this way, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When Paul prayed that we might be filled with all God's fullness, he was praying that in our character we'd be that way 
in our conduct, our actions, as well as in our conversation, that we might be like Christ, understanding the fullness of God. He don't want to just be a part of our life. He wants to be our life. I like what Dr. Evans said about this. He says, if you, if you dip a thimble into the Pacific Ocean, you'll get a thimble's worth of the ocean. That's it. Your container is at full capacity. While many Christians want to tanker full of blessings, they only have a thimble full of a relationship with the Lord. End of quote. He wants to be Lord of all of everything of our entire life. Now, when I came to the end of this text and I finished preparing the three points and trying to explain them and understand them, I thought, now, what might this look like? What might the end result of this look like? How can we practically think of what it might be like at the end of our life to look like this prayer, to be this type of person? And I came across something that I have in my study to remind me of the kind of person that I want to be, that you want to be, that is this kind of person. Chuck Lawless wrote this years ago, characteristics of leaders who finish well. And as a Christian, we all lead in different ways. So just listen to this as we land the plane this morning. They oozed with humility. They didn't work it up. They just it's who they were or are. They always knew they could be steps away from a fall. We never arrive. And we should never say, oh, that would never happen to me. Yikes. Let's not say that, but by the grace of God. What else might this person look like? At the same time, the thought of failing Jesus was almost a foreign thought. Why? Because of love, what God has done for us, for his faithfulness in our life, for what he's done for us last week and even today. They planned to finish well. They thought ahead of what it might look like at the end with their spouse, their children, their grandchildren, their job, their neighbors, their friends, their Sunday school class, their church members, their high school friends. They planned to finish well. They were firmly committed to their families. They had some kind of mentor in their lives. Do you? Do I? We should. It doesn't have to be an older seasoned person. Usually it is. But somebody that can help mentor us in the Christian life. Not Tell us every time we're in there, you ought to be doing, you ought to be, you ought to be. No, that's not an ideal type of mentor. It's someone that we value their opinion. We know they're rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. We've earned the right to have that type of relationship. They have had some kind of mentor in their lives. Four more things he listed. They lived in the word and on their knees. They were committed to integrity, to living in a life that's pleasing to God when no one's looking. They evangelize regularly, meaning they're able to share their testimony, share Christ, 
use different tools, whatever it takes to try to tell people how they can come into a relationship with Christ. They evangelize regularly. And then lastly, at least, their only ambition, their only ambition was and is to please Jesus. For this reason, I kneel before the Father. It's a great posture. From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. He is the God of all gods. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with his power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how long, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know his love, the surpassing knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Dear God, we pray that we will be overflowing in our lives with your love because we've trusted in you, because we're abiding in you, because we're growing in our faith, because we take you seriously, and because, God, we are just overwhelmed as the Apostle Paul that you would use any of us. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to stand, please, before our invitation and our staff will be here. We have counselors that will receive you and talk with you. Again, this altar is open for prayer. This is also a time to take a step maybe to join our fellowship. We had a great room full for our new members class. We're grateful for that, Miss Sonia. But it might be you want to take that step and say, I'm ready to go through that class. I want to initiate this. This is something my family's been talking about. Or it might be that there's something that one of us as ministers can do to, to pray for you about. Or you want to talk with a counselor about something else. I don't know. It's between you and God. So just let God lead you in this. Let's pray. And let's sing and let's be thankful for all that God has done and continues to do in our lives.